Hey, everybody. Welcome in. Thanks for joining us. I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson. This is the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast. And Skeeter, I don't know if I drank too much. I feel like I'm seeing double. It's the Memorial Golf Course again. What's going on here, bro? Well, apparently, well, well again, um, thank you, John Deere Classic, for for canceling. Unfortunately, no, no I don't play. I don't play the John Deere. Uh, I live here in Illinois, and you know, we've been pretty strict with some of our requirements. And right now, it's somewhat paying off. Like we're not seeing we're seeing some increase, but you know, anything for safety, I get. So um, that happens. And then, but um, by the way, the PGA Tour is not the only one doing back to back weeks. The Corn Ferry Tour is uh playing their second straight week in TP in San Antonio. I think they're at the TPC Oaks course. I don't think it's the same one where uh, the Valero was held. Or the, the I was going to say. Open. Yeah, I was going to say, is that the one where Kevin Knott carted a, a 15 or whatever? No, that was Colonial. Oh, okay, okay. All no, right, all right. No, TPC San Antonio, or what, some, one of the courses in San Antonio, one of the TPC courses is, is the Valero, which I know have uh, has a very high place in your heart. It does. Uh, it does. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, my main man in a minute here. More than you even know, Skeeter. I've got something I've been holding off for this podcast. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh but, okay. um, so yeah, like, uh, we've got uh, we've got the Memorial Tournament. And yes, we didn't just finish the Memorial, but we certainly just finished the, the Workday Classic, which took place at Mirfield Village. So maybe we'll have some move tees. We will... Probably have thicker rough, faster greens, different pin placements. But, man, when you sit on that tee box, maybe you're looking a little bit different. But you're seeing the same hole. Are we just doing a carbon copy of last week's show? What What's what's changing here, bro? Uh, I mean, you mentioned everything with the pins. The rough's going to be thicker. Um, The greens, the different pins. The green side, the green speed is going to be faster. I don't know. Like that that's the curious thing is how long does it take Hovland, Morikawa, Thomas, all these guys who played last week, how long does it take for them to adjust from you know, three and a half inch rough to four and a half inch rough or from eleven and a half stip meter meter, which kinda of already looked like it was higher than that, to thirteen and a half. Like I don't know, because these are some of the fastest greens on tour, so I don't know what that adjustment is. Is that something they, they kind of just practice on Tuesday and Wednesday and kind of figure it out? Or is it going to take them five holes to figure it out on Thursday? I don't know. Like, the, the, you know, I don't think we've ever seen this before where the same events we played on the same course two weeks in a row. No, I mean... I mean we've seen it I mean, as far as the same year. Like, you know, when uh, Torrey Pines or Pebble Beach hosts the U.S. Open, we've seen that, but those aren't consecutive weeks. Yeah, I certainly have no recollection of anything uh, like this happening. I mean, um, so I, I have no idea. I will say this, though. I asked the question. Um, I do have one answer and what is most certainly different. And we're not going to get into the tiers just yet. We're going to talk about some things. But when you look at last week's 10K tier, only Justin Thomas is in this week's 10K tier. The other players, by the way, from last week's to five players in last week's 10K tier, they're all five in this field only one of them remains in the 10K tier. Some of that may be because of how they played last week, but some of that is because of some of the uh, the big guns coming back into this field that weren't here last week. Right, yeah. I mean, I think it was at the top five in the world, something like the top 40, is it 45? I don't know the exact number. The top 50 in the world are playing. Like, it's a deep field. It's 120, mm. 120 players, so... <laughs> 
you would think six of six might finally get above five percent in the, in the millimaker because it's been hovering around two or three percent but there are some decisions you're gonna have to make in all these different tiers and the quality of field is just so good i mean there's some big names that you know we haven't seen this low price since the uh, return at the schwab and i don't know there's some i think this is a fascinating week just because you have all the big names it feels like a major we just saw this course last week how how do people react i don't know i think this will be a really fun watch yeah i think it'll be interesting i think uh I, i've got to quit beating myself up in the players i used last week because i um i had three good weeks in a row skeeter last week <laughs> was an absolute abomination i'm looking at some of the guys i used i'm like Dude, I had 50% Hovland. I had 50% Streelman. Ah, but I had 40% Damon. I had 60% Leishman. No wonder I couldn't find a six of six. I had a few of them. Like, I had some Sabatini. You know I had some Charlie Hoffman. But, you know, then I had some uh, some Emiliano Grillo. You know, I had some J.B. Holmes. So, uh, I, I, I had an absolute bum week, my first one in a while. So, I'm looking forward to maybe trying to get back on the horse here at the same course. Well, same here. I mean, my teams were epic disasters. And even, even my one and done Patrick Reed kind of, you know, just didn't have a great weekend after a pretty good Thursday. So, yeah, it was one of those, I get to Friday night or Saturday morning, like, all right, well, this is this is a bad week. You know what? I don't even feel like playing weekend because I was completely off. And so, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to sit back and just kind of watch this. And, oh, boy, did we get a treat on Sunday. Yeah, so, okay, so the bad part first. I had, uh, for the first time since the Schwab and uh, the second time since the rejoinder, I, I failed miserably at the book after three good weeks. I thought I was going to get a backdoor cash out that would have uh, paid off all my bets and a little extra with Charlie Hoffman, but the bogey on 18 didn't quite make it happen. Skeeter, the unfortunate thing for me is because we had such a great battle and a great group of three with Morikawa and uh, and Hovland and uh, Justin Thomas, I didn't really get to see much Charlie Hoffman, and that was kind of a bummer for me. In fact, did they, you? I think the only time they showed him was his birdie on 15, wasn't it? Yeah, because, like, then, you know, he's sitting there, I want to say T5, or maybe he was solo six when he was on 18 before he bogeyed, because I, I think he was ahead of Poulter at that point, but still yes. behind Woodland. And it was like, man, here's a guy that's going to finish inside the top 10 for sure, Let's just watch him finish 18, especially with the beautiful view of that approach shot. Right. Like, come on. Uh, so, yeah, that was painful. But, you know, kudos to Charlie, I, I think. And I'm not looking at a score right now because uh, he's not even in the field. So I can't look his DraftKings profile right now unless we get five withdrawals and he can get in as the fifth alternate. But pretty <laughs> sure he went two bogeys and seven birdies. So he really went after it. I, I enjoyed at least watching his scorecard since I couldn't watch him play. Not that you were counting how many alternates it would take for him to get in or anything. Um, <laughs> I read that. I can't say that I did the counting. I read that this morning or last night. Somebody had posted, like, the guy has finished T7 and now he's the fifth alternate. That's how much better this field gets from last week. Yeah. Um. Maybe this is not a bold statement, but was the first playoff hole the best playoff hole in the history of golf? <sighs> I'll tell you what. When Thomas cans that thing from 50 feet and by about with about two feet left to go i was looking at it going oh, i think this might go in and then he cans it and uh i give the commentators kudos because they uh talked about 
well, there's no crowd around here, and I'd love to hear the reaction. Yeah. Plus the reaction of Morikawa dumping one in on top of him to go back to the tee. But, dude, Justin Thomas, he gave himself a reaction, which I was pretty – I like that. I like when guys get hype. Oh, yeah. I mean, he just made a 50-footer in a playoff after he hit, hit, hit his tee shot, I think, in a – was he that was the in one the or was it a bunker or a side hill? He was in the bunker because he was side hill on the next one. Okay. It was like, oh, wait, this next one's even more right than the last one. That's really not good. Right. So, yeah. and it, So, here's what was funny. Um, Pat Mayo was tweeting this out. I don't know which. I think he uses DK Sportsbook. But after the tee shot, on a, or tee, maybe it was after the second shot on the second playoff hole. I forget, tee shot or second shot. Because that was when Morikawa was within 10 feet and JT, I think, had this, was maybe a long putt or had a scramble. I think he was scrambling, yeah. I think he got up and down that second time, right? J- JT was like plus 250 to win the tournament. Or no, 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 it was the other way around. Morikawa had to scramble, I think. And JT, yeah, because JT had the same putt he had on 18 and it broke more. You're absolutely right. You are so, absolutely so right. Because he had that same putt twice to win. You're yeah, absolutely so, right. So after the second shot, Morikawa, I think, was like plus. 325 and JT was like minus 400 or something. I don't remember the exact numbers. After the tee shot on the third playoff hole where Thomas is behind a tree, he, he's all of a sudden like plus 275. I'm sitting here thinking, my gosh, if I was betting this, if I had just put five bucks or ten bucks, whatever unit it is, that's probably what mine will be whenever I get to it, probably five. If I just put like five bucks on each one, guess what? I'm going to win money either way because I got them both at plus money. It was like an, almost a, a perfect hedge. Yeah, if you if you, if you you would have got in at the right time, you could have had them both at, at uh, better odds than plus 200. So no matter what happened, you were coming out ahead. Right. Like, I mean, it was just like, hmm, maybe that's something, you know, again, I don't know. I know Illinois has a little bit of uh, the sports betting now, but I don't know if they have that live betting aspect to it yet. And you would have had to have the wherewithal to put that bet down on Thomas. And then be paying attention to, and then putting that bet down on Morikawa or vice versa. But you know what I mean? You, you would have had to have the wherewithal and you would have had to been either at the book, like on the board or at the kiosk. Or if you're, you know, in a state just on your phone, I suppose, with the DraftKings Sportsbook. But you would, you'd, you'd have to be conscious of it uh, well in advance to be ready to hit the, the, the confirmed bet button right right at the moment, right? Right. But but when Mayo sent that out, the first one, like, oh, well, that's I mean, I was like, okay. But then when he sent out the second, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Had I done this and this, I bet I'm going to make money either way. It's just, it's the ebbs and flows of golf. And I think this is yeah. why, this is why we see, I think it's why it's one of the better betting sports. Again, I don't bet, so somebody who is more of a better can certainly tell me why I'm wrong. But like, oh, hey, this top 10 golfer in the world's 25 to 1? All right, so let's go. You ain't wrong. As somebody who's been uh, hitting the book since January, you ain't wrong. You're exactly – that's exactly what I like about it is, you know, like when, when I talk uh, football odds with uh, Dan when we're talking uh, yeah. for Fantastics, he like – he gives me, oh, these guys are plus 450 to win the division. I'm like, that's just a – I'm not betting any of these. Like, I know you want me to take a stance and pick a team or whatever, and I'll, I'll tell you which team I would pick if it was your money, but I was like, I don't want any of those. Give me Kevin Streelman at 175 to one. I don't want none of this four and a half to one to win the division for the Raiders or that they're higher than that, but you get my point. Yeah. What would you rather bet nine to one on uh, the Dolphins winning the AFC East or 
I don't know the odds this week. Uh, Rory winning any tournament where he's nine to one at. I would say Justin is nine to one. Okay. Uh, yeah. What week. would you rather bet, Justin Thomas to win this week at nine to one, or the Dolphins to win the AFC East? Uh, you already know. <laughs> you already know. Although the Dolphins could be sneaky this year, but that's another problem. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Uh, before we move forward, I do have to bring up one thing. So this is really not necessarily a comment about golf per se, but, uh, as a lawn care person that I am Skeeter, I, uh, I've got a new guy that started working with me Friday and I would say around four o'clock in the afternoon, we were talking some golf. I started to look to see cuts and stuff. Obviously we didn't really get a cut until Saturday, but. I said, oh, uh, you know, I got a little action on Charlie Hoffman. Gentleman in the truck uh, looks to me and says, oh, I hate that guy. Uh-oh, uh-oh. I said, I said you got to be kidding me. No one hates him. Like, he's he's unhateable. Why would you hate him? Well, you know, he had that mullet, and I just didn't like it. I'm like, that's exactly why I like him. I, I said, are you serious? I told my friends, uh, so I, I told you before we started here, I watched the uh, FC Cincinnati game with uh, my friends who we all have had. I don't know if we still have season tickets or not. I don't know if we'll use them, but we uh, we got together in my garage. We're watching. I told my one friend that the new guy doesn't like Charlie Hoffman. He's like, that's impossible. He's like, you're making that up. I'm like, I swear to God, he said that to me. He's like, does he know anyone? He's like, would, would Skeeter, does he know Skeeter? Like, would he have told him to say that to you? Like, somebody had to tell him to say that. He didn't just think that. I'm like, I don't think that's a setup. I think he just really doesn't like Charlie Hoffman. I don't think I would be telling anybody that, <laughs> especially somebody I've never met. Now, now if I have, now if I told Waldo, you know, Michael Waldo, if he comes on to one of the Sunday, you know, Saturday or Sunday Fantastic show, I might say, hey, if you want to get James going, just tell him, uh, tell him Charlie Hoffman sucks. But um, well, well, for what it's worth, you and Dan are both in a league with myself and this individual, so oh. it's not impossible that you couldn't have, uh, couldn't have, but no. It's, so anyway, yeah, I don't know what that has to do with our golf podcast, the upcoming Memorial Tournament, the work, the Workday Classic from last week. Well, you're trying, but, to bring, uh, you're trying to bring back positive memories of Charlie because he played so well last week, and the fact that, you know, I know it's probably, what, um, 13 and a half months after the fact, but this was the tournament last year where you had your ultimate pairing of Charlie and Boo in the same, yes, sir. Uh, and you actually went and watched him. It was, and it was a blast. So do, do we need to talk about the Workday anymore, or are we ready to get into the Memorial? Let's go to the Memorial. All right, well, you just laid down the foundation. I'm unfortunately no fans allowed, which was supposed to be the one with fans back first. I'm sure there will be a few people outside their homes cheering on the players, but uh, we get the Memorial Skeeter, and we just saw Mirfield Village. Where it's going to be a little different. Are you looking at all the same stats? Uh, what what changes this week besides the field in your perception of how we're going to pick guys? Yeah, so I... I've kept most of the same stats. I threw in T to green and off the tee. Especially, I mean, we kind of saw last week that even in that quote-unquote short rough, if you missed it there, you were, I mean, you, depending on the lie you got in the hole, there were some you could get to the green. There were some you had to hack out 40 yards. So yeah. I think you've got to be able to hit fairways. I threw in some around the green, like, Scrambling is basically what I think whenever you don't hit a fairway or if you don't hit a green. So, but I threw in some around the green because that I think played a role into it. Um, everything else, like I'm still keeping proximity 175 to 200. The par fours from 450 to 500, and strokes gained par five. Um, you know, when I did, when I was a little surprised when I went and did the course ranks. Like, this is kind of in every other year that it plays over or under par. And well, if you want to play the model, this or if you want to play the every other model, this is the year it plays under par. So. 
yeah, I don't, I don't know what to fully expect here. Because, um, again, it's an invitational field, 120 players, and, the, you're, you know, this is a pretty elite field. Probably one of the better ones that we have seen. And that's saying something, because we've had some strong fields, but it's just such a unique tournament, especially and when you throw in the fact that we just saw this course a week ago, and some played, some didn't. I, that's, I think it's why I find it so fascinating. Yeah, I think it should be uh, it should be entertaining, and it'll certainly be fun to take a peek at uh, the guys I didn't bet, or, or probably more more importantly, the guys I did bet last week. If I don't bet them, the guys I used last week, if I don't use them so heavily this week, and uh, see what the uh, the pros and cons of that are. Yeah. So you ready to get into the field, or is there anything else we need need to do to set up? I mean, we should say. You know, the Memorial uh, at Mirfield Village, and it is a par 72, 74, 7,456 7, yards. Uh, that was hard to get out of the mouth. But uh, the uh, defending champion, I guess, is still Patrick Cantlay, not Colin Morikawa. Um, at that rate, are we ready to get into it? Let's go. All right, well, let's take a peek at the field. Uh, a little bit of a teaser earlier as we got started the podcast of a changing of the guard. So all the guys from last week's uh, – 10k tier are in the field but only one remains in 10k this week uh bryson dechambeau back in the field this week at 11,100 justin thomas the only one to return to the 10k plus tier at 10.9 rory mcelroy 10.7 dustin johnson 10.3 colin morikawa moves up to the 10k tier at 10,000 even skeeter robinson your favorite play in this tier i mean who's the number one player in the world i believe it's uh mr mcelroy still and he's the third price at 10-7? That is correct. All right, you know what? It's time to jump on Rory. Like, his long-term form, his long-term stats are so, so good. Um, I mean, he's first in Tita Green, DraftKings points, birdie or better, bogeys avoidance, par 5 strokes gain. This is over 50 rounds. Now, yes, when I start looking over 24 rounds, yes, his approach, greens of regulation, or 12 rounds, sorry, have not been great. When I look at the individual numbers, bombing it off the tee, actually doing pretty decent around the green. His putting hasn't been a complete disaster like it does sometimes. He lost two strokes in approach at Traveler, still finished 11th. He, the talent is here, and I'm getting a discount on the number one player in the world. I realize Bryson's the flashy name. JT should probably should have won last week. But 10-7 for Rory is just way too cheap, and I got, I mean... I gotta take the four hundred dollar discount. I know he hasn't played here much, but it doesn't take much for Rory to figure out a course. And you know, are, are we shocked if he wins by six? No. So give me Rory at a discount. He missed the cut here last year, but before that, eighth in twenty eighteen, fourth in twenty sixteen, didn't play in fifteen, didn't play in seventeen, fifteenth in twenty fourteen. Boy, I feel like I got all those numbers right, but that was tricky. So <laughs> outside of the missed cut last year in twenty nineteen. 15th, 4th, and 8th are his finishes here prior to that. Uh, Rory McIlroy is my favorite play in this tier, too, man. I mean, the price just... Like, I get it. He's not in elite form. But it doesn't take much for a top golfer like Rory to find elite form. And by the way, he wasn't playing his best, and he still finished 11th at the Travelers. Granted, a oh. lot of it was around the green and off the tee, but... If he figures out his irons, he probably win, you know he's probably winning. In fact, I think it was a bad Sunday that cost him at Travelers, or a bad Saturday, or whatever it was. Yeah, and by the way, he's averaging more DraftKings points than everybody else in the 10K tier. 
he is the only one that hasn't missed a cut. Now, to be fair, DJ's missed one. Morikawa's missed one. The other guys have missed two and three. But he's the only one that hasn't missed a cut in this season either. So, I mean, you couple that together, he's the best player, most upside. Maybe not the most upside, but he certainly has as much upside as anyone else. And I think he's the safest play here, too. I agree. Again, I just think everything, price and talents, are the talents greater than the price. That was the well, first we, thing I saw, like, okay, he's immediately in my lineup. Yeah, and I kind of get where the pricing's at. I mean, JT just flashed right there, and, you know, he doesn't make bogey on 18. We don't have that great playoff, so... Uh, he certainly could have been the champ. Bryson won his last time out. Dustin, I think that was the last time Dustin went out. Travelers, right? Yes. Yeah, so he's won his last time out. I mean, I get it. More cows went. Like, three of these four, five have won their last time out. And one uh, lost I get, in a playoff in his last time out. Yeah, exactly. So I get where it's at, but it's Rory for me. Uh, so if you don't go Rory, where else are you going in this tier? I mean, I'll go right back to JT. Like, I don't think losing a playoff is going to devastate him. It might motivate him. And he played well enough, and... He still he ranks second by fifty round model. He's second tee to green, second in approach, top ten in all the scoring stats, uh, par five strokes gained, scrambling, proximity, like putting. Putting's the only thing that he's slightly above average in. Over twelve rounds, he's fourth in my model. I mean, Bryson's one, but you know, JT at ten nine. I mean, that's probably a, a right price, but I just trust his game more. I hope we differentiate a little bit later in this podcast, but my number two is Justin. It could very easily be Bryson. Right. If I were sitting there with uh, Justin in my lineup, an extra 200, I might think about putting Bryson in there. But at, at exactly at that price, I mean, give me Justin. Agreed. I have three choices left. Let's see if we go the same route again here. Your least favorite play, the fade in the 10K tier. I have a feeling you you and I have similar thoughts about this. It's more of course. It's Morikawa. Um, yeah, coming off an emotional win, like he, his irons were fire, and they weren't so good before he missed that cut, right? I mean, he wasn't shooting darts like he did yet uh, this week. Right. No, he had lost strokes in his previous two events, including three at at the Travelers. But the thing that carried him at at the workday, and I realize it's the same course, so it could come again. He gained 4.7 strokes putting. Like, there isn't any time that I can see since he's joined the tour where he gained that much. His closest was 3.4 at Schwab where he was runner-up. I mean, maybe, I mean, I'm certainly not surprised if he plays well, but even at 10K, it's just like, okay. I don't know if he's at the same tier as these four ahead of him right now. Long-term, yes. I think he certainly has the capability to do so, but... I'm not paying 10k for Morikawa when I can pay 300 more for JT or 700 more for Rory. Like Morikawa might be a future number one, but he—that's still a few years away, I think. Or 200 less uh, for the guy who won this tournament last year, who who was pretty good this past weekend too. And Patrick Cantlay. I know we're not in that tier yet, but I mean, if you're if you're sitting there at Morikawa, like, and I had 10k even. I think I'd just go Cantlay because I'm thinking, all right, people are going to be on Morikawa because he just won at this course. And Cantlay, who won at this course last year, played pretty good this week and is 200 cheaper. I get it. He'll probably have higher ownership too. But, yeah, I'd rather have Cantlay at 200 cheaper. I'd rather have Cantlay at the same price, quite honestly. Yeah, I think I think you'll see a lot of people go to Cantlay. I've I, I briefly looked at ownership on a Monday night, but I would assume Cantlay, I mean, 
I mean, the, well, or maybe I should just be quiet now because this 9K tier is going to be make or break. <laughs> well, um, I think we've covered the 10K tier. You ready to get into that 9K tier? Yep. Let's do it. Your favorite play. Well, let me let me get let me get you a couple of these names here real quick. We just mentioned Patrick Cantlay, the defending champion of the Memorial Tournament. 98. Webb Simpson, 96. Victor Hovland, 95. Hideki Matsuyama, 94. John Rahm, 93. Xander Schauffele, 92. Brooks Kepka, 91. And the return of El Gato Grande. Tiger Woods, 9K even. Now, Skeeter, I ask you, your favorite play in this tier? Um, everybody? Um, <laughs> I, 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 oh boy. I mean, there's, there is good cases for every single one of them. I mean, I'm going to have a fade, but it's not exactly, it's not exactly like, oh, I wouldn't play him. I certainly could. But for me, I'm going to use the same logic I did in the 10K range. Like Rory is 10-7. Who is the, let me pull this up. Cause I guess I don't know my up-to-date rankings. Who's, who's, who's the second ranked player in the world? Is it still Mr. Rom? It is. Okay. What's he doing at 9,300? Well, Skeeter, he is uh, sitting right behind Hideki Matsuyama, and he's sitting right ahead of Xander Schauffele. Okay, so let's look at Rom's return since the since the restart. Missed yeah. cut on the number, 33rd, 37th, 27th. So I get it. It's He hasn't had the great finishes. But it's not like he's playing awful. And Travelers, he that was a bad Sunday. He lost to Will Gordon, you know, in a head to head. And I think Will right. Gordon was like I think Will Gordon was like plus three hundred or something head to head matchups that day. But like it doesn't take Rom much to figure things out. And actually when I look so I was like, okay. Cause he, he made a he made a little bit of move on Sunday. Like I think he had one of the lower rounds on Sunday at the workday. And when I pulled that up, he gained four strokes on approach. He was positive in approach three of the four days. Saturday was his only struggle. Putting neutral around the green, he struggled on on Saturday. Everybody, everything else is fine. He gained off the tee all except Thursday. Like he's showing signs that he's starting to put everything together. This is just another discounted price that I think I have to take advantage of. When I look at long-term stat form, he's fifth in my model, third in greens regulation, second bogey avoidance, does well in all the scoring stats, does well in all the approach stats. Average around the green scrambling, okay, that doesn't really surprise me. Yes, he will rate out a little worse in the short-term model, but not terribly worse. He's 15th. At 9,300, he has winning upside. I, I, and I granted, everybody in the 9K tier does. But Rom isn't playing as bad as I think some people might think he is, and that Sunday round is enough for me to kind of want to say, all right, maybe he figured something out, same course, let's see some Rombo. I get it. I'm going to go a little bit higher here. I'm going 9,500 Victor Hovland. Um, I'm not going to say that he's got a win coming real soon, but he has just been on the doorstep here, there. You know, I mean, it seems like he's always on TV on Sunday, and that's probably because 21st at the Heritage and then 11th at Travelers, 12th at Rocket Mortgage, and 3rd at Workday. Give me Victor Hovland. The man's been on fire lately. I don't know if he... I don't know if he cares at all that the classmate Colin Morikawa won last week, but he was in the final group with them. He was right there and had a chance. Now, I know he wasn't right there at the very end, but give me some Victor Hovland in this group, man. And uh, I get it. His name's not as flashy as some of the others, but it may be in a couple years. 
Well, let's also be fair. He wasn't in it because on that drive on what 14, which all of a sudden was a drivable par four, which I don't know if it will be this week or not. He did, he had to go. For, I mean, he was like three behind at the time. He had to he had to hit driver to try to hit the green. He put it in the water and made bogey. Like that's one of those like okay, you have to understand why he fell out. Like he had to take a chance if he's trying to win. He has to go for it. It didn't yeah. work out. His uh, his irons have been. At, I mean. His past three tournaments, here's his strokes gain approach. I'll start the Travelers, 7.8, Rocket Mortgage, 5.5, Workday Charity Open, 6.5. His worst club is the putter. And he actually, at Workday, only lost 1.4 strokes. So he actually gained, you know, which I know is still a loss, but it has been better than his previous putting. I completely get it. I just wonder how he responds coming off, you know, a pretty good finish, but kind of that disappointing end. Yeah, I get that. Um, and like you said, I mean, I like this tier. Trust but me. I've does, got Rahm at number four he'll, uh, out of the eight guys in this tier, and I'll use him. But he deserves to be in the tier. That's the thing. Like, yeah. I mean, like, I'm just looking at my 50-round model. It ranks from four to 19 as far as the guys in this, in this range. Like, they're all top 20 in my rankings. Like... How do you decide? <laughs> well, you, you don't, Skeeter. You just do what I do, and you play 10 lineups, and you hope that somehow you trip onto the right combo of Charlie Hoffman, Rory Sabatini, Victor Hovland, Justin Thomas. Uh, how did I not trip onto that one last week, bud? I, I know. I mean, two of your guys. <laughs> That's, you know how I didn't, because I bet Sabatini the week before he didn't make the cut, so I, 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 uh, you know, I stepped away. And I'll wait, I'll got... wait till the 8K tier for that guy. <laughs> well, uh, I won't be getting there, but uh, so I'm with you. I like I like this tier a lot. Like I said, I'll use Rom. He's not my fave, and he's a favorite, and he's not my second either. But I'll use him. Uh, who is your number two if you don't use one John Rom Rodriguez? I mean, everybody. I mean, I. You can't only play one lineup and use all eight guys, Skeeter. Even if they gave you extra money, you can only play six. Right. I mean. I think I think I think my I might play one lineup this week. I don't know if I'll do more, but the Rory Rom combo is just too tempting to me. I, mean, I get I, it. I guess it's Brooks at ninety one hundred, and I realize. I mean, again, this is where you have to kind of look at him a little bit and see what happened. So he was terrible on Thursday. In fact, I think he even started the round on on Friday struggling, but then he threw a birdie barrage out there that he nearly. He nearly came back from like five over to make the cut. Like he, I think he felt he fell just one shot short. Um, he gained three strokes on approach in the second round. Like, if I'm gonna like if I'm gonna like Rom for doing that on his last round, I gotta like Brooks for that. And you know, maybe maybe we're starting to see some Brooks motivation. And you know, this is big game hunting for Brooks, so maybe he fits here as well. So I will make him my second. All right, I uh, I am going to go with Webb Simpson. I yeah. don't know that this is the right course for him. Uh, he doesn't have a long history here. He's played here a couple times, but he's only had really one good uh, result. That was 2016 where he finished 11. Finished 67th in 2017. Did not play here last week, nor did he play at the Memorial in the previous two years. His course history doesn't say a lot, but Webb's been so good that Webb's my answer here. I can't argue. I'm hoping that people stay off of him, honestly, because, I mean, if you look at the course, like, this doesn't strike you as a Webb Simpson course, right? He's going to be hitting a lot of hybrids, a lot of probably woods where other guys are hitting irons, but 
he's been hitting them so well uh, that I'm going to go back to him. Yeah, his off the tee numbers are not good compared to everybody else in this in the 10K and 9K tier. So, and that's probably because of distance. Um, oh yeah, for sure. He just doesn't hit it as far. But his irons, but he knows that. Right. But his irons are so good. His putting is good. All of his proximity and par five strokes gained and all the scoring stats work for him. So, should I be worried about now? This is again going back before the break, but at the uh, WGC Mexico. He finished 61st, and that's another course where guys hit it pretty long. And I know it's up in Mexico City, so everybody gets a little extra carry, but that's a little bit more of a Bubba does well, Dustin does well, Rory does well, like the big long hitters do well there, and Webb was really bad. Should I should I be at all afraid of that? Oh uh, No, because he actually lost well, he lost 5.5 strokes off the tee, which is probably skewing his numbers because he's actually been positive off the tee in every event since, okay. and even a couple prior to that. It's just with Webb, it's whether or not he his how hot is his putter, and it has been hot. He just happens to have some really good irons to go with it. So, all right, well, um, I guess you have one because I thought you said you do. If you're fading somebody in this tier, mm. who who will it be? Hideki. Only just, oh, even though he's won here before and he played pretty well last week, it's the putter that always comes down to Hideki, and I think he struggled a little bit around the green last week too. So. He's six of my long-term models, so, I mean, it's not, I mean, this, I certainly could use him, but I just, I don't know. Hideki doesn't seem like he needs to be higher than Rom or Xander or Brooks or even Tiger. Like, I don't know what he's doing at 9400 That feels like a slight mispricing, unless there's something I'm missing. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I could see him being in the mid-8Ks around, like, Abe Answer is honestly where I'd say about belongs, maybe above him, but... Right there. So guess what? We we differentiated a little bit in 9K. My fade is also Hideki Matsuyama. Um, I mean, yeah, decent start to the week, right? He was what five? He was like nine under, and then he went plus one on the weekend. Saturday was even, plus one Sunday. Yeah, I mean, it just—he's not a bad play, but it just at some point it's, you can't play everybody in this tier. And if I was playing a bunch of lineups, he's just one I just don't. He doesn't seem like he's in in Hideki form that he's going to go win a, a big tournament right now. He certainly can turn it on, and, and when he does, you want Hideki. This just doesn't feel like the spot, especially at the price. Neither one mentioned him. Neither one of us did. What's the ownership going to be for one Tiger Woods this week? Uh, let's take a look. I don't know, because it's always interesting. Um, he's won here multiple times, right? The Tiger-Jack connection is the real deal. Uh, and then it's Tiger, the first time back since, uh, I mean, when's, when did Tiger play last? Genesis? I guess I could just click yes. on his profile and give you that oh, answer. Did he, did he play Mexico? No, he didn't play Mexico, did he? No, Genesis is. Like, nice guess for me, bro. Uh, Genesis was sure. his last time on. It wasn't very good at all. Uh, do your Barry Horowitz impression, please. All right. Thank you. Hopefully you heard that. Um, Tiger right now on a Monday night on a Fantasy Nationals projected at about 13.7%. But the problem is, is, sometimes that number, you know, sometimes you have to add that number because let's think about this too. This is this is probably the biggest sporting events in the states since we've come back, since sports have come back, only because Tiger's in the field, and there's more people who are playing golf because they're starting to realize, hey, you know what, this is actually fun. All the casuals are like, oh, hey, Tiger's playing. I want Tiger. I'm gonna play Tiger. Yeah. And there's no reason not to. A guy that has terrific history here has won multiple times. 
Um, he's seventh in my long-term model. Does very well as far as the scoring stats, the proximity, even the the um, approach and greens of regulation. As long as his driver behaves and he finds the fairway, I you know he's he'll be he'll be a good he'll be a great play. Just he's I I was I was debating between him and Brooks for my second tier for my second play. Okay. And again, uh, that's not a knock on like Webb or Xander or Cantlay or Hovland or anybody else in the tier. Just it's just such a loaded tier. Nah, I get you. Um, well, shall we take it to the eight K tier? Yes, sir. All right. Well, uh, at the top of the eight K tier, public enemy number one in the Adams household, Justin Rose, the vampire, eighty nine hundred, <laughs> Ricky Fowler, eighty eight, Daniel Berger, eighty seven, Gary Woodland, eighty six. Abe Answer, 85. Patrick Reed, formerly known as public enemy number one in the Adams household before Justin Rose uh, did it to me again last week. I'm sorry, Patrick Reed, 8,400. Tony Finau, 83. Sung J.M., 82. Matthew Fitzpatrick, 81. Jason Day and Matt Kuchar at 8K even. Skeeter, your favorite play in this tier. I can't say I remember playing this guy much before, but he has been on fire his past five tournaments, five straight top tens, and he's eighty seven hundred. Like, what you're is gonna Daniel, make me. What is you're Daniel, gonna make me change my favorite because we're gonna be all the same dudes. No, we were different than nine Ks, so you can keep Burger if you want. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, why are we? Why is Burger this cheap? He's he's not the name of the guys ahead of him. He's not even close to the name ahead of him. He's really not the name. Gary Woodland, Abe Answer, Patrick Reed, Tony Finau, Sung J M. Uh, Jason Day, Matt Kuchar. I mean, name recognition, recognition, he's nowhere near those guys. He's playing better than all of them. Right. I mean, so in my long-term model, he's number one in scrambling, 14th around green, good. His approach number's decent, good tee to green, good scoring numbers. When I look at my 12-round model, short-term model, he's third. Um, same categories, a little bit better, greens of regulation, better approach, really good scoring. Doesn't have a doesn't have much of a history here. Has been gaining slightly off the tee in those events. Has been gaining on approach. Has been putting really well, so that's a slight concern. But he's been positive putting. And let's see if um, yeah, he's okay. He's slight slight negative on bent, but um, but he just this feels way too cheap. So eighty seven hundred, I think Berger's the. I think you got to keep going back to him until he proves otherwise. Forty to one at the book. He is likely going to be the lead player on my card. I don't know if I'll go with anybody higher than that. He's forty um, to one. Yeah, Victor's twenty-five. Webb's twenty-two. Like, I know if you get the winner, you like the odds. It doesn't matter, but I don't like to start with odds that you know. I'll bet guys in the four thirties. Not usually the twenties. I, I have, but yeah. I mean, there's a good chance that Daniel Berger at forty to one is the guy I start with. With the uh, that's the enhanced offering, Skeeter, for for what it's worth. Okay, I'm gonna have to dig deep on the burger because maybe I'm missing something, but I I don't see how he should be forty to one with his recent form. Well, Justin Rose is sixty to one. So I mean, and I get it. Justin did make the uh, cut I told, last week. I told James beforehand because he was complaining about Rose and hey, bro, Rose was one of my. I mean, he sunk me, but you know, having him and Dom and both shooting double digits over par, it happens. That's golf. I told James he has to put five bucks on Justin Rose because watch <laughs> Rose win this week and he'd be so tilted. You might as well throw five bucks on him. You know, sorry, it's one less coffee for you or one less uh, beer at the bar, but um, beer. I drink ninety nine cent coffee, bro. Okay. Straight black. I drink sludge. Oh wow, bold. Yeah, I prefer it bold. I like it to wake me up. That's a good point. 
if it makes me sick to my stomach or just, you know, the caffeine, whatever, but I'll be awake. That's fair. <laughs> At any rate, uh, yeah, so get this. Here, here's a good little breakdown of this tier. Uh, Ricky Fowler's at 35 to 1. Then Berger's 40. Reed's 45. Woodland's 45. Answer's 50. Day, uh, Finau, both 55. Cooch, Rose, uh, 60. And then you start getting some guys. You get Paul Casey next at 70 to 1, along with Matthew Fitzpatrick. Hmm. Oh, man. Those are some interesting. But that's the way this field is. is uh... Yeah. Sung JM, by the way, 90 to 1. He has not been playing well lately. Like, he's not, yeah. He's I mean, he's not. cuts, but then he's, like, finishing 50th, so something's wrong with uh, Sungjae. Yeah, I would agree. I'm, I'm off of him this week. But, uh, I I, dude, that. I can't say anything more about Berger. I'm right there with you. He's my favorite play. There's two other guys I like quite a bit, but, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know how you can look at Daniel Berger and say you don't want a piece of that right now. I agree. So, it, agree. Berger's my favorite as well. Uh, who, who else are you going to in this tier? I mean, I kind of thought before I looked at stats, I think, I, you know, I don't mind him, but I don't like him as much as Abe Answer 8,500. Really good approach, really good at greens and regulation. It's a scrambling as putting can be a little bit of a concern. Um, yeah, he's 92nd over the past 12 rounds and around the green, but he's first in approach, second tee to green, fourth in DraftKings points. That's over 12 rounds. His around the greens, um, yeah, it's not been great, but putting's been neutral. Off the tee's been decent. His approach, I mean, he was on fire at Heritage, 11.8 strokes gain on approach. Like, you know, we've seen this tournament kind of produce the first-time surprise winner. I know answers wouldn't be a first-time winner, but I don't mind him at 8,500 because there's just some other names here and that just, yeah, I don't know. Like, answer, I at least feel like would be some exciting upside. I'm with you. A Abe answer at 50 to 1 probably gets on my bet card as I start to fill it yeah, up with this group. Uh, he was my number three play in this tier, but I'll I'll have exposure. Um, I'm going Gary Woodland. Uh, don't you know, I finally didn't bet him <laughs> since in a, in a t tournament he played in since he returned. Uh, and, well, guess what happened, Skeeter? Gary Woodland is quickly entering my list of guys I don't get right. Yeah. Uh, well, I certainly didn't get him right at uh, at Travelers. I I suppose I did not get him right at the Charles Schwab. I had him uh, on my bet slip, and he was in the final group, but did not come to fruition. I just like Gary Woodland. Like I like cheering for him. So uh, you know, he's he's just an awesome story. I mean, whether it's uh, you know. Um, the, the, the way he supports the troops. He's a very patriotic dude. Yep, yes. Uh, the shoes that he wore at the U.S. Open last year were off the hook. Um, my buddy went to look for him to buy them, and they were like 300 bucks. so he's yet to buy them. Um, I don't know if you remember them. They were like Stars and Stripes. Uh, okay. Then you've got the, the whole relationship he's got with Amy, which, by the way, he did all that uh, prior to being a known commodity for the masses and being a major champion. Uh, so he wasn't really like in the spotlight when he did that either, um, which just doesn't matter. But it means it feels more authentic to me. I, I just love Gary Woodland. And then the fact that he shot a 73 on Thursday and still managed to turn that in that plus one into a made cut, a minus 12 and a T5. I just love Gary Woodland. And this course plays tough. Gary Woodland plays tough course as well. Well, I mean, I know you were trying to bring up pebble correlation last week as far as, you know, these are tough greens to hit and pebble. I don't think runs as fast, but. He gained seven strokes putting. He gained 8.3 of those strokes the final three rounds. Like, 
Anytime I see Gary, I mean, he's been putting a lot better, so this is, you know, a positive sign for his overall game, but when Gary Woodland's gaining seven strokes putting and he gains nine strokes total, that's a that's a red flag in my world. Like, he's not he's not an elite putter. He's improving, kind of like Hovland is improving around the green, but something's got to give. I'm not a Woodland, so as I said, I don't get him right, so feel free to use him. He'll probably be a winner. I will say to the rest of the, the masses there, Skeeter, and yourself as well, I won't be using Justin Rose and what I'm done this week. I can't. I've used him. I'm done with him. Uh, I should be done with him forever. But anyone who likes to use Rose when I don't, uh, enjoy him. I'm not using him this week. Yeah, well, I used him at um, Heritage. So, But I thought I used Sungjae, and I didn't switch. I used Rose, and that was a good move because Rose was, I think, 10th, and Sungjae missed a cut. So, good Correct. move. Uh, well... Out of these 11, who are you not playing? Who's the biggest fade for you? Sungjae, until he uh, until he shows us something that, you know, he's kind of reset himself or improved his game, he's lost on approach his past four tournaments. Like, that's a concern. He's really not making – I mean, he's gaining here and there as far as off the tee and around the green, but he's just not – he's not playing well right now. And, you know, this is probably the longest stretch that he's had where he's – kind of struggled uh, actually no he did struggle Byron Nelson through Memorial and then he kind of found it but I gotta see some more out of him before I can go back to Sungjae he's not my 11th out of these 11 he is 10th though so I'm with you in the sentiment Matt Kuchar um first of all there's some guys will hit at the top of the 7k tier that I like better just flat out regardless of price um I mean if you're gonna make me pick an 8k guy unless I had two in my lineup I'd take day over Kuchar right now would you, uh, which uh, by the, would you take European Matt Kuchar, Paul Casey, over American Matt Kuchar and Matt Kuchar? Maybe. Maybe. Uh, probably not. Like, I probably... Maybe. Um, maybe. I mean, the real guy I would take right there is Joaquin Neiman, to be quite honest. Um, but yeah, Kuchar's just not playing that good right now, man. He's he's not the Matt Kuchar that we were throwing into our lineups a year or so ago and just getting a top 20 with with better upside but a top 20 floor. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the inside the top 20 floor right now. No, very putter reliant. That's where he's getting most of his strokes. Um, everything else is kind of one one to two strokes positive or negative but nothing significant. So, outside the putter, yeah, he's he's very putter reliant. So, that's always a that's always a concern for me. Shall we take it to the 7K tier? Yes, sir. The names in 7K are a little bit more enticing than they were a week ago. Won't go through the whole list, Skeeter, but there's some names I like, a handful, to be sure. I'll ask you first, your favorite play in this tier? Um, is Neiman your favorite play? He's not, but okay. I also think he makes it back to my bet slip for a second week in a row. Well, I mean, he, yeah, he's my favorite play. Um, let me pull him up. 80 to 1 this week, by the way. He probably is on my bet slipping. Ooh, that's a really good number on him. Yeah. Again, fits a profile of like a young guy winning here as a, his major breakthrough win. Not first win, but breakthrough win. In okay. A, yeah. Here is, here, since the restart, here is what Neiman has done stroke skiing approach 2.4 at Schwab, 7.4 at Heritage, where he was nuts, 1.9 mm -hmm. at Travelers, 4.1 at, at Workday. He was actually pretty good in all the categories. I mean, he, he lost 1.4 around the green last week, but he was improving. He was actually slightly positive putting, which is usually good news for Neiman. He's played pretty well at this course, too. He's hitting it pretty well. I expect him to be popular at 7,900. 
Maybe Paul Casey will distract him a little bit, but I don't see people going to Sergio or Leishman. I just, Neiman just kind of fits. Hopefully his around of green can slightly improve, but everything else is kind of where I want to see it with, with Neiman. Neiman's my number two. Uh, he's right there, my man. I'm going to go back to the well. I'm going to go with a guy who was four under through like 11 holes on Thursday and didn't make the cut. Mark Leishman down to not down to 7,800. Oh, you're brave. He imploded. Why? Why am I brave? He was four under before he imploded. He has. I feel like he has not been playing well recently. He won early in the year, and he has definitely struggled since. He won at Farmers in and mid to late a, January. I want to say that was just an insane. Let me pull that one up. Yeah, he gained eight strokes putting. API, but he did finish he gained, second at API. He gained six point one strokes putting. He has lost strokes putting, significant strokes, like at least two strokes putting in every event this in the in twenty twenty, except the one except API and farmers where he was plus six plus eight. Well, you have me thinking that maybe I should avoid as much exposure as I had last week. Uh, but yes. I'm gonna go back to Lee. I mean, he's played well here, and you're right. I mean he missed the cut this past week at workday. Uh, but he's had to pair of fists at 11th or 15th here you're right he's not in great form he's 7800 i and i mean again maybe i'm just i have my dudes woodland's one mark leishman's one of my dudes still in leishman's defense his his irons have been very good he did lose 1.7 strokes last week but prior to that he was pause i mean major positive at least three he'd gained at least three strokes on approach in six and seven prior events going into last week it's just the short game, the putting, the around the green. If that's on, then yes, he probably will be contention. But if it's not, this is where I think that miscut fear comes in. I get it. Uh, well, you said you like Neiman, as do I. I think there's a whole bunch of names in this tier. I mean, there's six to seven guys that I think I'll have uh, decent exposure to. Who else, besides one Joaquin Neiman, are you going to be looking at in this tier? I'd say my second play is uh, Harris English at 7,300. Does uh, hits greens, scrambles well. Rates out 18th in my long-term model. What is he short-term? 20th. Like he he just kind of seems to be a balanced uh, balanced play right now with in all the stat categories. And I think I like the price on him. What is his history here? He hasn't played here in quite some time, but he did well here. Um... 18th in 2015. Yeah, uh, half a year or half a decade ago. Now I will say if he he I think will have some ownership, and if he does, I'm not playing Chalky Harris English. I don't do such things. But um, 17th last time we saw him at Heritage was very good on approach. The putter has been pretty good. What is he bent putting? Bent putting. He's positive bent putting. Um, and plays well on difficult courses, which is a bit so. He fits the course suit for that one. Um, do you have a second player, or do you want me to mention all the guys I'm looking at? Eh, go for it. Whichever guys you don't mention, I'll throw out there afterwards. All right. Um, if I'm feeling really adventurous, I'm trying to figure out why I'm so adventurous on this guy. That, you know, DFS community loves to play him. I have no idea. Why, why did I start Benny on at 7,700? Uh, because Sam Harrop made the Benny on song this week. To Penny Lane? You probably don't know the Beatles song, Penny Lane, do you? I, not offhand, but I bet if I heard it, I would know it. Okay. 
Well, say I I, uh, I don't know that I shared that with you, but uh, Sam Harrop, who makes some uh, I, I guess I'm saying his name right. I honestly don't. It could be Harrop. I don't know. He makes some killer like golf parody songs, and he made one about Benny On. And Benny On then immediately took the refrain about him having glass eyes and got it stamped on one of his wedges. <laughs> so Benny On, not one of my guys. I'm going after this week. Yeah, I, but I, I, I will I, say this: he's I, awesome online. Yeah, I just unstarred him. I don't know why. Maybe when I look at 24 hole. <laughs> 24 rounds he must have popped somewhere there but oh no he is a great, great twitter follower and like like he knows that he struggles with putting his people will say something and he and he usually has some wise crack about it. he's yes he does he's awesome great follow love benny on for that just make a putt buddy um all right i should have been on him last week streelman until again until he starts proving otherwise 7600 he's playing really well right now has a good history here. Uh, let me pull up his history. Did great last week. Seven, yeah, three top tens this past five appearances at Muirfield Village. Missed cut. You have to go all the way back to 2014. Like he's just playing so well. I think you gotta continue using him. And then Lucas Glover, Brendan Steele kind of popped a little bit. Lucas Glover, I think much more short term. Brendan Steele was one who popped a little bit as far as long term. Um, good greens and regulation decent proximity okay so i'm gonna throw out a couple names uh you mentioned steel and streelman i like both so my first uh observation that i kind of picked up midweek because streelman was in my like list of dudes but i then didn't bet him and i'm starting to think like like a bubba watson almost when it's a streelman course you play streelman there is some truth to that um i wish i could think of the guy's name Uh, chad campbell was another one that seemed like any of these summertime courses, he would play pretty well at John Deere. Um, that I would always play Chad Campbell. Maybe Kevin Streelman might be somewhat a better version, but might be similar in that regard. Uh, and then I, I wonder a little bit about Streelman. Like, am I am I jumping on the bandwagon after it crossed the finish line? I kind of wonder the same thing about a guy like Ian Poulter, Rory Sabatini, a guy who I used a little bit last week, but not as often as I normally do because. He had such a bad week the week before. Am I foolish to be jumping on these guys a week after a great performance at the same course? No, I mean, Rory, I mean, there's a reason you're calling him real Rory. He has been playing well. Um, number <laughs> and one, I'm a fool. <laughs> <laughs> number one scrambling over the past 12 rounds. I, I worry a little bit about his hitting greens, but, I mean, I've never been a big Sabatini player, and he keeps making cuts and doing well, so I'm not going to talk about him. Ian Poulter was very putting heavy last week, but I think Poulter is always a fine, you know, crafty veteran play. What has he done here? Is this an Ian Poulter course or? I don't think it is. In fact, no, I thought no. last week was his first time, right? Or at least first time since 2012, because I don't have stats prior to that. So okay. No, I have no problem going back to that. Like again, Poulter will always have an ownership discount because well, people don't like Ian Poulter. Yeah. Well. You know what? Uh, and maybe some people don't like Sabatini because he, he betrayed South Africa for Slovakia. Betrayed the Southern Hemisphere. Okay. What about Adam Hadwin, Joel Damon? Those are the other two guys that I think I like in this tier. You mentioned Glover, too. So Glover and uh, Joel really burned me uh, last week on my golf, on my bet. Uh, Damon obviously got me in my two and done as well. Um but I liked them last week. Why should I all of a sudden not like them? Or why should I say it's one week? Stick stick to your guns here. No, you have every right to do that, Dom. And I probably would, um, I probably need to reconsider that. And 
But he had been on fire before that dude, and he'd only had played here once, right? Last year, and he made the cut. He didn't do good, but I mean, the way he had been playing, I was, I, I didn't dislike it. Trust me, I, I was on him as well. Oh, I was heavy on him, so I was probably that was, you know, maybe a little bit of a mistake. But again, it's golf. Um, it's funny, funny you'll give him a second pass, but you won't give Justin Rose that second pass. <laughs> because Justin Rose is a major champion, an Olympic champion. Like he's supposed to make cuts at 8K plus, or what? What was he at last week? He was in the 9Ks. Skeeter, as the highest priced 9K player last week, he was supposed to do more than not make the cut by a million strokes. He a, literally almost did as bad as I would. Well, that's exactly why you go back to him because what's the odds he does that for a second week in a row? Uh, well, uh, Joel, I mean, that's logical. I just, uh, you know. Yeah, Joel Dahlman was just bad all across the board and it, it happened so maybe that's something i need to kind of get over and go back to adam hadwin why did i not like him he was okay but he just didn't do a whole lot on sunday it feels like there's a miscut coming his way like he's put heavy putter reliant which is nothing new for hadwin he is getting on approach just nothing significant uh hasn't really been doing anything terribly great or bad off the tee around the green so he's he's perfectly fine at 7400 especially in this field and he had i mean he's been playing well but i don't know i just there i have a bad feeling on hadwin and i know that's probably not the, not the best reason to not go with somebody but i don't know something just to me it feels like a miscuts coming but i can't tell you why if that makes any sense i got you i mean it's a feeling I, i'm uh, nothing wrong with that and by the way it was saturday where hadwin blew up he had he had a plus four round on saturday but um anybody else uh you didn't mention your boy ev3 down there at the bottom oh evr wait or i said i have harold varner the third and evr right next to each other i just said ev3 i think i blended both of them into ethan carter the third the wrestler but you, you said ev3 you didn't say ec3 I know, but it's EVR or it's HV3 or it's EC3 or it's none of them or it's all of them. I don't know. I mean, I mean yes, I might. <laughs> if, if I need 7,000 for a golfer, I mean, I can always be talking a little EVR. Um, okay. Just didn't. I mean, he, most of the strokes he lost at Rocket Morge was, was putting. Um, gained a lot of off the tee at Heritage. Varner just feels like he may have had his run and is starting to kind of fail a little bit. I mean, he missed on a number. His approaches are still good. Didn't really do anything wrong last week. So maybe that's a, yeah, maybe that was a note. And by the way, I didn't realize Varner was from Ohio. Uh, youngster, right? He moved to Carolina, uh, whichever College Carolina. East he Carolina, yeah. Yeah, I think. Uh, so anybody else here? You, we didn't mention Matthew Wolf, who uh, no, finished pass. second two weeks ago. Pass. Um, okay. Of course, I'm always on Team Never Louie, so... Um, he played well last week. And by the way, we haven't had a Louis withdrawal yet, so that's got to happen. Um, no chance on Phil, even if you want to bet Phil first-round leader or first-night hole leader, you might be in good shape and hopefully holds on. Um, nobody really else interests me. Should I be – I know uh, not uh, not looking at him this week. Should I be on team never again, J.B. Holmes, after that withdrawal after uh, one round? Why did he withdraw? I don't know. I never even my, – my buddy was asking me if he had COVID. I'm like, I don't know. I don't even want to know. I'm not looking it up. Like, no. this has been such a bad week. I'm not looking up anything. No, because <laughs> you, you, you know who JB kind of has a – you know, he's a little more volatile, which is saying something than this guy, but he has the upside. He's a more volatile Siwoo Kim, which is hard to say because Siwoo Kim is very volatile. But um, <laughs> I thought you were going to go with Keegan, but – 
Well, yeah, uh, Keegan's a little calmer in that regard, which is weird to say Keegan's <laughs> calm, but, but right. yeah, yeah, um, high variance, but certainly the weak, you know, very low own, and if you get him the right week, then yeah, winner. Are we ready to throw out a fade from the 7K tier? Oh, I thought we did. Um, yeah, for me, it's Louis. He's due for a draw. Okay. Right. Terrible reason. There you go. I'll fade Bubba. Didn't make yeah. the cut last week. He's had a couple of good tournaments here, but I don't know that this is uh, this is Bubba time right now for me. So Bubba's my fade. Big name in this tier. Low price, but not my guy. Yep, I agree. The 6Ks, what do they have to offer? Hopefully, Charlie Hoffman gets that uh, fifth alternate spot and gets added down here in the 6Ks. <laughs> but until he does, Skeeter, I've got to pick somebody else. Yeah, oh, Rory Sabatini's been down here that you can't choose him, so you might have to make a real pick this week. There's another dude down here. Come on now. There's a guy who fits me, fits Team Adams. Kokorek? Well, yeah, even though I haven't really been on him lately. Okay. Um, Wait, I'll start with you. <laughs> I feel like this guy might fit your profile, too, a little bit. 6,800 Max Homa. Yeah, I like him. I, I love following him online, for sure. Oh, gosh, yes. Short term, he rates out decently well. Like, very good approach, T to green. It's his round green and putting, which is a concern. And, yeah, that is a major issue for me. But as I'm sitting here thinking, too, like, what tournament did Max Homa win? Ugh, I can't think of it off the top of my head. It was Wells Fargo, and it was at, um... Yeah. Oh, what is that course? Quell Hollow. Quell Hollow's a hosted a major, kind of hosted a... I think, or they're going to host the President's Cup. So, something like, you know, Colonial, or not Colonial, Memorial, uh, Miracle Village has done that. Um, yeah, f- uh, here's what it was. Okay, his uh, his approaches have been really good lately. His putting has been awful. And uh, I get that it's so concerned. But 6,800, I'm going to take my chances on, on the approaches there. He just missed the cut last week. I mean, just missing it and apologize to everybody on Twitter for ruining six of six lineups, even though I don't think he... He, he obviously was kidding, right? He had oh, to be oh, being sarcastic. Somebody had to say something to him that made him, like, upset. Um, No, he actually gets DFS. Okay. Like, he, he legitimately gets DFS. So. I saw that tweet, and I figured somebody added him, and he was just like, look here, bruh. No, 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 no. He legitimately gets DFS, but um, but yeah, if he can, if he can have a neutral putter and his irons can continue being good, I think he pays off the sixty eight hundred, and I think he has some upside in this range. So, a little okay. risky, but I will make him my favorite play. I'm gonna go with Brennan Todd. Okay, he's been playing decent. Uh, if uh, he didn't play here last week, he's had some decent finishes here before. Uh, we got to go way back in the way back machine, but 2015, he finished 17th. 2014, he finished 8th. He missed the cut in 2016 and hasn't played here since. Um, not great last time out after a pretty good finish the week before when he was 11th at Travelers. He was 57th at Rocket Mortgage, but the reality was it was all like the weekend where, you know, he 68-69 to start the week and then 70-73. So he faded hard on the weekend, but Brennan Todd's been playing pretty good. There's a few names I like down here. Uh, I'm going to go with Todd as my favorite, though. Uh, Putts well in Bentgrass, so that's good. Um, We know he's not along here, but he'll find the fairway, which I think could mean something here with the rough. Irons haven't been bad. Uh, Putting has been decent. Around the green, slight concern, but I don't hate him at 6,900. 
Anyone else down here? There's a few names at the top of the list here I like. Um, I actually have a sixty-three hundred dollar play who was chalk a week ago and uh, pay, you know paid off the chalk week. Uh, Henrik Norlander continues to play well, and sixty-three hundred will open up a lot of stuff over the past twelve rounds. Tenth uh, in greens and regulation, eighth in bogey avoidance, eleventh in a par, uh, par four from four fifty to five hundred. Very good ball striking. Uh, putting around a green average, which is probably okay for a sixty-three hundred dollar golfer. Opens up a lot of salary to get some other guys in. What about the very top, Ryan Moore? Uh, he's not playing great, but I mean, he's better than this. But he's not right now, but I feel like it's in there. I mean, you you really have to talk me into Ryan Moore. Um, <laughs> okay. So I'm, I, I like Ryan Moore. He's kind of a loner kind of dude. So he's missed three cuts, two of them on a number. Heritage was just – like, he's gaining off the tee – he did gain a little bit of approach his last tournament, um, but nothing is really significantly standing out as negative. He's just kind of not – he's not doing a whole heck of a lot right now. Um, where is he – let's see, where is he in my models? He rates well on approach, rates well on the proximity range. Scrambling and putting are a little bit of an issue long-term. Long-term, uh, short-term, actually, scrambling is pretty good for him. Greens regulation, good. Good proximity from 175 to 200. Just the putting and the strokes game par 5. I don't mind him at 6,900. That's another good name. What about Alex Noren at 6,900? Um, oh, boy, there's a lot of red when I look at his short-term. Um, ninth around the green, but bottom 10 in approach. T to green, greens regulation. That's a pass for me. Yeah, that's bad. Uh, RCB, he's struggling. Yeah, same thing here. Uh, I see I see a lot of red for the tee to green, the approach, scrambling. Yeah, that's not a good combination. Okay, just some of those uh, better names that you see there. Uh, Alanto Griffin, uh, Cam Smith. Snedeker, 6,800. Yeah. yeah, Mark Hubbard, who was pretty good two weeks ago, is sitting there at 67. Hubbard's not bad. Again, around the green's a little bit of concern, but he rates top half in almost every other stat category over the past 12 rounds, except around the green in proximity from 175 to 200. Hmm, that's worth a star. <laughs> so I went to him last week, and it kind of hurt. But, yeah, I mean, there's some names. Like I said, I, I, I see Grio, and I, I get interested. I know he goes. Yeah, he hosed me last week, too. Yeah, and, I mean, Carlos Ortiz kind of pops up my model, but he has not played well. Uh, Vaughn Taylor, no. Jim Furyk rates second greens regulation. I think he's had some success here, but I don't know if he scores enough. He he has. It's been you know a few years ago, but he has definitely had some success here. And uh, Columbus like is kind of a closet Pittsburgh area too. There's a lot of Steelers fans. Yeah, it's two hours from Cincy, two hours from Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Say what you will. I hate them. Uh, disgusting, horrible town. But they've won some Super Bowls. Yeah, you you find a lot of Pittsburgh people in Columbus. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Yeah, it's a disgusting mark in Ohio. Um, one guy that I was big on last week, and boy, he had a horrible Friday. He couldn't make a putt and couldn't make a chip. Uh, Bud Cauley kind of still pops out well statistically. Um, down down here, what, where is his price? Uh, Sixty six hundred. If you want to go back there, I mean, long term, he's good scrambling, average putter, just a bad round two. I could go back there. Duffner uh, was in the 6Ks last week, right? Yes, he was. 6,500. He finished 56 last week. I mean, he's done, you know, 
He's done enough to probably warrant a sixty-five hundred price tag if you're if you're reaching that far. I mean, good history. Um, gained four strokes on approach. Uh, lost three off the tee and was slightly negative around the green putting. Like, he's he's a cut maker at this point. Okay, but at sixty-five hundred, I mean, if you make a cut, I mean, I guess you're looking for a little more here. I, mean, I, I don't know. Sixty-five hundred wasn't Taylor Gooch up in the, up there? Like, I think he has a little more upside or Sebastian Munoz or. If you really want to take a flyer, uh, Hotong. Ha- I mean, Hotong Go- shows up at some of these big events. Not majors, but these non-big event majors. He's, he shows up, at, especially on the Euro Tour. Promises yeah, Gooch and Lee are both 65 as well. Yeah, um, pro- what about Bernd Wiesberger? He hasn't played, I think, since March. But yeah, that's another wild card. Um, been playing really good over the Euro Tour the past year, year and a half. Hasn't always translated very well to states, so that's that is a concern. Okay. But I don't mind a one out of ten lineup dart on burned. All right. Anybody else in this tier? I don't think so. I mean, unless you want to play the try to be like Ricky Fowler and watch the playoff on eighteen Andrew Landry at sixty three hundred. Um, I was more thinking the uh, Jim Herman gets it right this time at six K even, but. You love your Ohio guys. <laughs> well, he's a Cincy guy. Like I'm really, a, I'm a Northern Kentucky guy, but I'm, I'm a Cincy guy, right? I live very close to the city, so I do love my Cincinnati folk, and Jim Herman most certainly is one. I mean, Bill Haas is six K. What's like he had been playing okay, but okay, so he struggled at Rocket Mortgage, but made the cut. Is he? Mm. Yeah, is he in the field? Yeah, he's withdrawn. Oh, he did withdraw. Yeah, it just it just says it on his profile. It doesn't say why. Oh, okay. I, I I did not see that. That is, yeah. I mean, that was that's just from today. So. Oh, okay. I missed that one then. Um. Anyone else? I think that's it. All right. Um. Do you have a fade out of this tier, or have we exhausted all the names? A fade. <laughs> um. Um. Who's one thirty? Jim Herman's 132 in, in this. How is he 132? He's he's my worst ranked out of, out of 50 rounds. So Jim Herman, sorry. All right. Well, that's all right. Just because he's your fade doesn't mean I'm not going to make big bucks on him when I throw five down. I'm at the book. What is he like? 800 to one. He was 600 to one last week. Hey, hey, that's four, <laughs> that's four digit life if he uh, has the week of his life and it's golf. Yeah. It's I mean, probably not the smartest bet, but probably you probably wasted five bucks on worse stuff. He is. There's so many zeros I can't even read it. I think he's one thousand five hundred to one. Is hey, that correct? There you go, seventy five hundred bucks. He wins. Yeah, there's four zeros in there, so maybe I didn't say that right. I don't know. He's extremely. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think I did say that right. He's. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's way far off. Uh, I'm probably not really playing him. Uh, do I have a fade? I don't know. We'll say I'm fading Tom Lehman because he's out till. And I've heard of him at 6K. <laughs> uh, Tom Lehman next week, I think he uh, he either helped design or he has had a lot of uh, success in the Champions Tour at uh, TBC Twin Lakes. Okay. Actually, I think he's from Minnesota because there was that narrative with him last year. I will cheer for him on the Champions Tour as long as uh, as long as I don't know somebody else isn't there. Maybe I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure who my Champions Tour golfer would be. Um, Bernard Longer. Eh, I mean, I've been to Germany, but... I mean, I can go Stricker. I know Stricker still plays a little bit of PGA, but he'll play some Champions Tour. I'll find somebody. Once I've, I, It'd probably be Freddie Couples, just because I like people who don't care as much as I don't care. That's fair. 
Freddie Couples is really good at not caring. Uh, well, all right, we hit the fields. Uh, let's talk a little bit about one and done, Skeeter. I'm afraid to open this web page right now because I don't want to know where I ended up. I still haven't looked at my one and done league. I'm looking right now. Do you have some names uh, that are clear-cut names to go to if you still have them? I mean, I think Rory's really interesting because I'm not sure people are going to use him here or they've already used him. They might be saving him for a major. Um, Morikawa would be an interesting one to play, play the back-to-back winner. For me, I've already used Rom, so I can't go there. I might go Daniel Berger. Like, I'll just continue to ride the streak. Okay, I could certainly uh, get behind that. What about... I mean, DJ, I feel like if you haven't used him, makes some sense here. Decent history, big, long hitter. Uh, Rory, to me, makes sense. Is Cantlay going to be super chalky? If he wasn't last week, he will be this week. Uh, Bryson, I mean, if you haven't used him, I mean, hopefully you listen to us. I think a lot of people have used Bryson at this point. And if they're, I mean, that might be a good contrarian one. People are probably holding on to him for for the Masters if you're uh, one and done includes that. You wouldn't dare use Tiger having not seen him in so long, would you? I think he will be used. Okay. Because there's limited times you get to use Tiger. This is one of them. It's a course he likes. I don't think it's the worst one-and-done play. Um, Am I a fool to go Kevin Streelman and my two-and-done as my second guy? No, absolutely not. Yeah, he seems like a guy that I might just want to go ahead and use uh, right now. But he wouldn't be – but I, I need to pick another one that's a little bit higher up there. Wouldn't touch Hideki. Wouldn't touch Cooch right now. Have I wouldn't touch Hoagland? just – I have not. No, I have not. Uh, so this could be a good week for Victor as well. Or um, Webb? Or, yeah, you used Webb. I've used him. And this isn't – I don't know that I've – I mean, hopefully if you didn't use Webb earlier in the year, you used him at a RBC Heritage where he had a massive good history – uh, but if you still have Webb, I suppose I'd be saving him for a course that's, you know, a couple hundred yards shorter myself. Wyndham. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I don't know. I think Rory, if you got him, makes a lot of sense. There's a good chance that he's a top ten finish here. I don't know if I would go to Rom this week, man. I know you like him, and I, I get why you like him in the tier, but I don't know if I could go to him. He just doesn't feel like the number two player in the world right now. I mean, Justin and Dustin and Webb all feel better. Bryson, they all feel better. I would still take Rom over the past year than uh, DJ. Um, yeah, oh, I would agree with that over the past year. And and to be truthful, it's not like Dustin was lighting it up before he won. I mean, you know, he missed a cut and then he was okay. Right. I would take JT over Rom right now. I think that's fair. Yeah, he would be an interesting one to use. I'd be worried about the bounce back from uh, the loss the, the week before. but Right, but again, is JT $1,600 better than John Rom? No. No, no. I mean, I'm talking more one and done than I am, uh, you know, the 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 uh, tiers and whatnot. But yeah, I don't know. This is not an easy week to differentiate with what's there when you think about maybe saving Bryson for the Masters or wherever and things like that. But I guess it all depends on where you're at too, right? Depends on yep. how far you are in front, behind, or somewhere in the middle. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's it's a week. There's so many good golfers and. Like, we didn't even mention guys like Tony Finau and Paul Casey, who I think are both very playable. Yeah, I would agree. I used Whenever I used him, I used Casey already. I still have Finau in play. I just like Finau. It's like, 
I, I just I go to hit his name as a top twenty player, and I'm like, is he the top twenty guy I want to use this week? Like, is he going to win? And I'm like, nah, he's not going to win. No, I'm trying to think where you. Wait, Fino maybe at like WGC FedEx St Jude. I eventually will have to use him. I don't know. He shows up big in majors. He doesn't necessarily win, but he's he's had some good finishes. So maybe it's a major. I'm waiting for him. Maybe it's the PGA or the Masters. Or maybe for him to start having maybe a couple top tens, and then be like, okay, this is the time. Then you drop him. Yeah. So that's probably a good uh, good thought there. So anything else for the Memorial? I don't think so. Again, I'm just re- really intrigued to see how this week plays out with um the the event last week, the, all of the top names in the field and. I think it'll be a fun tournament, and and you know if we can get an exciting finish like we had uh, last week, I think we would be it would be great for golf. Yeah, and I would hope, and who knows, but I hope we can get a finish at you know around six o'clock instead of two o'clock or one o'clock or whenever it ended. You know, I'd I, like to. I, I don't mind the early finish, I but don't either. I also uh, wouldn't mind having the opportunity to uh, crack a few brewskis. I just barely finished my coffee by the time. Uh, the seagull hit the uh, the clubhouse there on Sunday morning. So of course it would, yeah. also, it would also be nice if we could actually watch golf live golf on TV during this instead of having to watch it online or the Golf Channel deciding at five o'clock on Friday. Hey, you know what? We need to go show highlights, even though there's still sixty some odd golfers on the course. Like, come on. That's that's irritating as all get out. With the early start time, at least you know I just grab my laptop and pop on uh, whatever right. channel they have on. That's not as bad, but. I'm a laptop person. Like I can see where other people, if you're you're a desktop or you're watching on your phone, like that could be a little irritating. Well, like throw it on CBS Sports Network, you know, and then tape it and then show it on CBS at the regular time. Like I don't know. I whenever this whatever the next me- media deal is for the PGA Tour, I hope they address some of these issues because they're just asinine. How about they just play it live on CBS and they preempt Little House on the Prairie or Motocross or whatever the heck else was on. And I don't even too. know what was on. Especially right now when there's nothing else on. Like People want to watch nothing. golf. Like You are just killing your products because you're not showing it. There's nothing on. You can watch live on the Golf Channel until 10 a.m. when we make you uh, find a streaming service to provide your uh, your golf fix. While we show... While we show... Faraday uh, riding in the General Lee with Bubba Watson for the thousandth time. There you go. I like Faraday too, but yeah. I, I love Faraday, but dude, when you know the words to the episode, when you know that Bubba's going to give the dry answer and Faraday's going to return the dry answer, it's like, wow, well, it's just not as funny as it was the 30th time. Right, right. Yeah, whatever. Now we're just complaining. <laughs> well, I mean, we got to complain about something. I mean, what did you rather complain about, uh, Faraday and Bubba being shown a thousand times or Justin Rose? I would rather complain about the vampire, but, uh, you know. I would rather complain about Faraday and Bubba because I'd rather life be that good instead of having, you know, Justin submarine my one and done team and uh, four of my ten lineups. And okay, so apparently you need to tell me when you use Justin Rose in one and done so I won't play him because didn't you use him at the Masters last year? I sure did. If you remember, we had that gentleman ask us a question about uh, some prop bets, and uh, I was like, well, I'm using Justin in one and done, so you should probably uh, say he doesn't finish top ten, bro. Even though I said I think he finishes top ten, hence the reason I'm using him. But you probably should go against that since I'm using him. Okay, now this is a trend. I will have to do better. <laughs> I will I will remind you next year, but I promise you I can't use him again, nor would I if I could. <laughs> you could give me Justin Rose 
or a second opportunity to use Joel uh, Dahman, I'd probably take Joel. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so there you have it. I've used Benny on. I don't even know when I used him, but I used him early in the year. I'd rather have Benny on uh, again than Justin Rose. Okay. So that's where I stand. Give me Harold Varner the third. Let me use him again. You can keep your Justin Rose. Your Ian Poulter champion. or Justin Rose? Uh, Ian Poulter has done well for me. I'd rather have Ian Poulter than Tom, Rosie. Uh, Tom Lehman or Justin Rose? Well, Lehman's out and he's ancient, so I'd rather have Rose. But okay, I'm just, I'm just making give sure. me Lehman in his prime. Well, oh, that actually be interesting. That's I just of... do not like Justin. I just do not like him. Too many sponsorships. Uh, ever since my buddy told me he looks like a vampire, I can't get out of my head that he just <laughs> he just hangs from his rafters and sucks blood all night. He looks like a vampire, and he sucks the blood out of my lineup. So it's like he really is a vampire on my DFS lineups, and he looks like one. Like, how can you play an outdoor sport where you're outside that long and you never get any sun? That's fair. I mean, good for its skin, but it's just terrifying. Yeah, I, I get it. I suppose he can't be a vampire if he is outside in the sun all day. Maybe he's a day walker like uh, Wesley Snipes. I'm sure you've never seen Blade, have you? Nope. It's, it's a vampire trilogy that Wesley Snipes stars in. <laughs> and he's a daywalker because he's half and half. So, but, he's but a, wait, as you've uh, correctly figured out at this point, it's probably just safe to assume I've not seen. If I make any music or movie reference, you don't know it. If it's a sports reference, you probably know it. Uh, music reference, I might. I might. Um, depends on the music. All right. Well, um, Skeeter, I'm not sure I have anything else to say tonight. Yes, on that note, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll end it. All right. Well, I appreciate everybody listening. Skeeter, let's let's have a rebound, brother. I was having a good uh, good run before last week. So let's have a rebound. Let's have something to talk about on Sunday other than uh, guys missing putts to cost us money. Sounds good to me. All right, brother. This has been the Fantastics My Fantasy Fix DFS Golf Podcast. I'm James Adams. He's Skeeter Robinson. Appreciate everybody listening tonight, folks. <laughs>